Welcome to Noahala, the podcast, highlighting the voices, experiences, and reflections of African diasporans reconnecting to Africa. I am Gaima, and it's my intention to bridge the gap between the African and the African diasporan through the story shared by my guests and myself. We could learn a lot together. It's time to level up. It's no wahala. The shithole called Africa. Recently, Donald Trump was caught up in a media firestorm um, as a result of a tweet or a comment where he mentioned that Africa was basically a shithole. Of course, um, Africans across the world joined in the conversation, identified Trump as the racist that he is, um, and of course countered that claim by posting images, you know, releasing dialogue, uh, video footage that proves otherwise. I look at it as people needed to take that as a wake up call. And it's not too late. Um, People need to read between the lines. Donald Trump is a businessman, okay? He is currently the president of the United States, but he has been, and I believe until He's no longer on earth. He will always be a businessman first. Him calling Africa a shithole should be you consuming that as a call, a wake up call to invest in Africa. Yes, there are so many aspects of Africa that are modern, developed, beautiful, um, et cetera, et cetera. But Africa is a continent it's vast, it's diverse. There's so many aspects of it that have yet to be touched. Some of it I think should remain untouched, but um, there are aspects within Africa that are behind unjustifiably. Not everything is beautiful in Africa and not everything is right here in Africa. I will use my own country as an example. I am second generation Sierra Leonean, and I am sitting currently talking to you from Sierra Leone. Freetown is beautiful. Um, One of the most beautiful cities that you could ever visit naturally. It is a city that is basically built on hills and um, mountains. So it faces the Atlantic Ocean, at night when it's lit up, it, I mean, it just looks magical. And yes, I might be a little bit biased, but there are photos online, if you hit the Googles, that will show you exactly what I'm describing. However, um, you know, there's more. The best raw beaches exist here in Sierra Leone. The culture, you know, it's very deep, um, it's very, very spiritual, 
um, and it's very vibrant. And, you know, one of the things that most people know Sierra Leone for, if they know of Sierra Leone, is how um, the natural resource, one of the most popular natural resources um, that come from Sierra Leone are diamonds. There was a time not too long ago, I would say in the last 50, 60 years, where you could walk down the beaches of Sierra Leone and pick up a diamond. That's just how abundant diamonds are naturally to this environment. So imagine walking down a beach, white sand, beautiful ocean, you know, turquoise, etc., and you stumble into a diamond. Like you literally step on one in its raw form. That is Sierra Leone. But there's an aspect of Freetown in particular that is not discussed amongst us, the diasporans, you know, regularly in the news, or, you know, even, and I don't mean like international news, I mean amongst our own community, the community of Sierra Leoneans that I think is ridiculous that it's not discussed and furthermore something done about it. Freetown is highly polluted. There's an overpopulation due to the war, due to Ebola, you know, post-war, post-Ebola. So many people were displaced. And because of that, they felt like, you know, they could only earn income and make a life for themselves in Freetown. So an environment, a city that was built for a certain population is now overpopulated tremendously by people from the provinces who came into the city for protection and then also for opportunity. When you look at the statistics of Sierra Leone, one of the things that if you pay close attention, you'll see is there is a low unemployment rate, but there is an extremely high percentage of poverty. What that means is that most people are working actively, but they're not working in a job where they can earn what would be considered a decent standard of living. So you ultimately have a you know, an opportunity where you have human capital that's ready to work diligently and earn income so that they can actually really rise and, and take care of themselves and not struggle um, and, and remain in a, a, a poverty-stricken um, environment. For anyone who is of the business mindset, that is a perfect opportunity for establishing some sort of business. You have workers ready to work diligently, honestly, that will appreciate the, the steady, consistent income. It's time to invest in Sierra Leone. Anywhere where you go and you see a high um, level of pollution, you know, that is the perfect storm for disease, so on and so forth. So what that means is that that's the perfect opportunity to come with health clinics, things of that nature, um, health uh, disease prevention um, versus 
um, you know, building hospitals to accommodate illnesses? You know, how do we prevent diseases? How do we clean up? The, um, the opportunity to recycle in this country is so high, it's astronomical, and it can be done. It's happening in so many countries. You know, in the US, that's something that we're just so used to that we don't even think about it as, you know, something to do. I remember, you know, growing up where we had the one trash can out for trash, and then that was like the color brown or green. And then as we got older, the blue trash bin was introduced. And that was specifically for plastics and anything else that was recyclable, cardboards, etc. And now it's just a thing. That has yet to truly happen here consistently. So this is my like plea call, you know, to investors, especially in that business. There is a huge opportunity for that to be brought here. There's so much opportunity. And I mentioned Sierra Leone because this is where I am, this is what I'm seeing, you know, and I'm, I'm tapped into observing and identifying investment possibilities. But there's so many more possibilities in other neighboring countries. There's possibilities throughout this continent, period. And at the end of the day, if you're not careful, <laughs> maybe a few years from now, if not sooner, we're gonna see a headline where Trump, you know, expresses his apology in such a way and becomes so dedicated to proving that he didn't mean what he said, that he came to Africa and decided that he loved it so much that he was going to establish his own investment firm out here and invest in in whatever country that he chooses here on the continent. And then you have Trump and earning money directly off of the continent if he hasn't already done so. You understand? As far as I'm concerned, Africa deserves all the money. It does, especially from Europeans and those of European descent. My case in point, Remember colonialism? Yeah. There's so much owed to the continent and to the people here. However, African diasporan, you need to be careful that you don't miss your blessing and invest and get, you know, into the mix and benefit from the continent in which you come from as well. Sit there instead and be online posting and reposting and joining in tweet conversations berating donald you think he really cares that man is about getting his money and the fact of the matter is africa is the new frontier it's what's next it's what time it is and me being here i see people from all kinds of different countries coming into these various countries here on the continent to invest there are a lot of people here doing a lot of work. Some of it is, um, you know, um, volunteering, um, people associated with non-government organizations. You know, there's so many different ways that people are getting engaged and 
and accessing and giving them themselves to the continent, whether they're earning income, whether they're just philanthropists, you know, uh, all of the in-betweens. You have the right as an African diasporan to also be a part of that. I think it just starts with travel. I don't think you should take your savings and just show up without doing research, without understanding what you want to invest in, how you're going to go about doing that, etc. But it starts with travel. Start to figure out your connection to the continent. There are ways to investigate your ancestry, 23andMe, Ancestry.com, Family Tree DNA, National Geographic, all of these that I've mentioned are now entities that specialize in analyzing your DNA and giving you feedback on where your lineage is tied to. Maybe that's the start. Start there. That may help you to identify what country you may have interest in. Talk to friends around you. If you don't have an African friend or someone of the, the African diaspora is a true friend, maybe you should get one. And I don't think we're out here, you know, offering it ingenuinely, but um, at the end of the day, um, there's so much out here that you can become involved in, um, that you can, you, can, you can also contribute. You can be a part of something special. Don't get caught up in these headlines unless you're going to do something that's actionable and beneficial to you. The shithole of Africa, I mean, I look at it as a wake-up call to many of you. I'm already here. I'm already woke, as they call it. And if I can't do anything for my, my country in particular or some of these other countries, the least I can do is give you the heads up. So don't say no one told you. I am Gaima, and you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, visit us at iamgaima.com backslash no wahala.